Gyro Nation Metal. All right, guys, welcome to Gyro Nation Metal. This is Jeff, and I'll be your host. Today, I'm really excited to talk to Jesse Schobel of Storm Ruler, Oracle, Legend, and Cast the Stone. First things first, Jesse, I want to thank you for coming on the show, and I appreciate you spending this time with me. Hey, no, no problem. Fun to do. One of the first questions I need to ask you is, uh, I found out you have a bachelor's degree in audio. Um, what do you learn in school for something like that? Like, what kind of things do you have to do? Well, it was an interesting, uh, it was an interesting experience because it was like a one year kind of crash course, I guess, if you will, uh, where I, I went in really knowing nothing other than, uh, like what, how I would prefer things to go if I were to, if I were to make a recording and I knew how to do everything, you know? So I was like, I went there with the the main goal is to be able to learn how to record my own stuff Fair decently enough. well, <laughs> you know, decently well, you know, yeah. I, I never really set out to make, to become an audio engineer. You know, I mean, I, I thought about it for a while and you know, when you go to school at full sale, which is where I went, it was really nice. You know, they had like, lots of resources and lots of well-known people who ha were associated with the place and came and give talks and taught there or whatever. And, uh, it was a cr definitely like a crash course in every element of, you know, what it's like to make recordings and from music theory to the music business to, you know, the, how the big console works, how all these plugins work, stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I mean, I tried to retain as much of the information as I could, you know, I mean, yeah, there, a lot was thrown at me, but I did kind of feel like I had kind of a natural inclination to understanding a lot of it because I had been in recording studios and played on recordings and, you know, a lot at that point. Uh, I mean, not a ton at a professional level, but that was mm -hmm. kind of what spurred me to go there. It was like, you know, well, maybe I can learn how to actually get this done in a way that bands would like, you know? So, yeah. yeah so I, but the, the, the main goal was to be able to come out of there with enough knowledge to know how to record my own shit. So, and do you use, Oh, sorry. Did you, do you use a lot of the same software that you learned in school or is that something yeah, you kind of branched out? In still, I learned that one, learned Apple logic. And I also mm -hmm. have that, which I, I have, a. I have the Apple Logic like academic edition that they give you for going to full sale. They just like give it to you, and it has oh, cool. all of these like uh, cinematic sounds and sound effects. So I use that sound library for a lot of like you know cinematic. Anytime I want like an explosion or like wind or like the rain yeah. or whatever, you can dip in there, and there's a ton of cool sounds. You know? Oh, cool! So, yeah. Would you recommend that being a first step for new musicians or people t looking to get into their own music? Absolutely. Absolutely. If, if you can figure out how to even at like a small level record your own stuff, it's a huge, it's a huge advantage. If you're, if you're a musician, it doesn't need, it doesn't need to be, see a lot of times people I think get too bogged down and like making it sound perfect. And it's like, dude, just lay it down, give it a listen, mm -hmm. write some, write some music that you can listen back to and teach people and whatever. And then if it's really great, the time will come and someone who cares a lot about that yep. will take care of that. And you can just, you know, for my own, 
for my own usage of it. I just want to be able to like lay tracks down, you know, it's yeah. like, and like, you know, over time, you know, you kind of tweak, Oh, uh, this is a good plugin for the drums or whatever, but I, I don't really go deep in the minutia of audio file. That's file with a pH, you know, the people who like really get deep in, I, I don't have time yeah. for that. I, I don't or the patience for that. You know, but Fair enough. I did, I did learn how to, I did achieve the goal of setting out to now the point where I can make, you know, demo quality sounding demos for my own stuff. And, uh, you know, even have recorded a few things that, you know, don't sound great, but I mean, what are you going to do? So, I mean, with time you get better and you get to learn what not to do next time. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of trial and error and learning what not to do. And one of the things, one of the thing, like the most important lessons I learned at audio school was just put a mic on something and, and try it. You know, like I mean, honestly, that's like the main thing. Is like just mic it up and and play it. You know, see if it sounds see if it sounds cool. Try this, try that, try this. Do do whatever if you have time and the the patience for it. You know, give it a try. Mm-hmm. So, so I mean. So when you were uh, learning to play drums, you were self-taught? Yes, absolutely, yeah. What made you get into drums? Uh, I just, like, decided on a whim. Like, <laughs> when the, the moment that I decided I wanted to play drums just kind of came, yeah. like, out of nowhere, hanging out with some friends in fifth grade, you know? And my one friend yeah. played the p- keyboard quite well at the piano. And uh, my other friend found like a dulcimer somewhere in that dude's house and he was like hey i'm playing this and i was like oh i'm gonna stack some books up and use those nfl pencils you got and and made like drums out of it and like i kind of already understood how to keep a beat you know already yeah i didn't know about like the foot and the hi-hat and whatever but i understood like the concept of beat keeping i was like a big nintendo player and i would just nerd out on the music of nintendo games deeply especially castlevania yeah that like really showed me like how i paid so much attention to that that i understood the like the little tricky rhythms of like crazy musics like that and i kind of already just had a natural inclination towards it so yeah, it's interesting that your ears will uh, pick up those details over time, and I, I don't hear that from many people, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I think Nintendo music had a big influence on a lot of people around my age, you know, mm-hmm. to get into playing music, especially playing metal, because the music yeah. is often very out-tempo and energetic, you know. Boss musics are always very, you know, tense tense and tension and often really shreddy and you're always just like oh man this is great you know yeah that's awesome so in in playing with the the few different bands that you're with um there's storm ruler oracle legend cast the stone and i remember seeing a couple other ones uh yeah there's been been a lot of projects over the years (laughs) do you find that your playing style differs between the bands um it does it does to a degree but also not you know like uh, mm-hmm. yes and no uh uh with the band oracle which is like my power metal band you know there's no mm-hmm. blast beat or anything but there's a lot of the, what i call the power metal beat you know and uh lots of um types of beats that i think like 15 years ago 20 years ago i would have been like i would have not been interested in playing but now i find really fun to play you know rock beats like 
you know, just like simple, like rock wood chopping beats like that, you know, back yeah. when I was like in like college and stuff and really started getting into like extreme metal and death metal, I would never have wanted to play beats like that, you know, but now mm-hmm. that it's, it's actually really fun. You know, the older I get, I'm like, ah, man, I just want to kind of lay the rock down. So it's really fun in that band to play those those more rock style beats and then cast the stones a little more death metally and grooving mm-hmm. uh storm ruler is a blast attack with lots of double bass and then um the musical legend is kind of a little bit of everything to be honest <clears throat> so and you played the keyboard in legend right yeah i um i with legend and oracle i make keyboard tracks and then play along to them, you know, live with a click and stuff. So it's act- that's really fun for me. That's extra. F- I-, I love being able to do that because it's, I always have like a, an idea of what I want going on with keyboard. Yeah. And a lot of times bands either disappoint me by not having keyboard or like the keyboard doesn't do cool enough stuff or whatever. And I'm always, and I, to, to get the opportunity to like play that role in the band also is really fun for me and super yeah. and I and so I definitely relish the ability to do that. So yeah, in those bands, play with a click, have keyboard mm-hmm. tracks and it's fun because I'm like playing two things at once, you know, I can jam the drum parts and then be like, oh here comes that keyboard part. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <coughs> yeah, it is pretty fun. Have you ever thought of uh, reaching out into other instruments? Like guitar or bass? I have often, but I never yeah. actually do it. <laughs> yeah, enough. I mean, I wish I could play guitar. I mean, I, I feel like I would write killer riffs, and and uh, it would be fun as shit to do. And mm-hmm. At this point, I'm like too old and cynical to take on uh, being becoming a noob at something. And I don't know. I, I just, <laughs> I just. I mean, I've had ample time and opportunity to like learn that particular instrument and just had never really have. And, uh, I know enough really good guitar players now that like they mm-hmm. can be like my guitar slaves, you know, in quotes. Yep. So whenever I come up with riffs, they like play it exactly. I'll be like, Oh, how about a riff that goes like this? And they'll be like, played exactly the way I just sang it to them. And I'm like, Oh yes, exactly. Awesome. And then it's like, <laughs> why I need to learn, why I need to learn how to play guitar. when I can Exactly. Like that. You have somebody right there. Yeah, so, but of course it would be nice, but the piano and the keyboard, yeah, it is fun to, to noodle around, but I, I can't really, like, sit at the piano and do anything impressive, you know, I, I have to, like, mm-hmm. use MIDI and, like, putz around and, you know, make a chord, and I, I, I can't even really play, like, three-finger chords, you know, I, I gotta, like, draw it out, you know, I mean, it's... Using MIDI software, you can create all kinds of crazy stuff in keyboard if you have enough time and patience. Mm-hmm. But as long as it sounds cool in the end. And I mean, if I ever met someone who was like, oh, I love metal and I shred the keyboard and I have all these cool sounds and my whole rig set up and I'm just dying for a power metal band that plays lots of neoclassical stuff and I can occasionally just lay down the cool synth for the shreddy riffs and then I can match a guitar player and that'd be great. Then I'd be like, Oh, well join, (laughs) feel free to join up. But until I meet that person, I can, I'll do it. You know, just do the background stuff. (laughs) That's cool. So do you like the different, um, the different styles of music that you play equally, or is it kind of something you have different moods for? Uh, they're all, uh, yeah, they're all really fun. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I stand behind all, all those bands sounds, you know, mm-hmm. I think they, I do think they all have something to offer. And yeah, I, I, 
I do. That's good. Um, as we mentioned earlier, Storm Ruler was one of your projects, or is one of your projects, sorry. Um, how did you guys go choose to go to a band that's thematically inspired by, like, Malazan, Book of the Fallen, and Dark Souls? Well, we just started, like, writing the music and, you know, hadn't really put a lot of thought. And I, th I think it was when we were like, oh, man, we should write some lyrics about, like, Dark Souls and shit. And we were like, yeah. And then, like, that was, like, it, you know. <laughs> so we didn't, we didn't really set out to be, and, and really are not, yeah, a Souls-themed band. We just have, mm -hmm. like, a handful of songs about it, you know, mm -hmm. uh, because it just lends itself well to black metal lyrics. If you think about it, really, I mean, it's black metal as shit. You know that game is black metal as hell. Exactly, it's crushing, so it's, it's like, punishing, it's everything not? you don't want. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it's more interesting to us than like the tried and true tropes of Satan and uh, you know whatever else black metal people. The cold, I do love. You know, I love the cold north too, but mm -hmm. it, it got old. Or it wasn't a, a lyrical topic that we wanted to commit to. Yeah, you know, we wanted to try something a little more that we were more interested in that actually inspired us. You know? mm -hmm. And something that's a huge part of your guys' lives too, not just Dark Souls, but... Uh, oh my God, dude, I can't get enough Dark Souls. It's so fun. And I'm playing it again, actually, currently, with uh, my singer from Oracle. We nice. just, which, he's like which way game? What's that? Which game? First one. Nice. And actually then today we started playing Bloodborne. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, it's like so fun to go through those games and just like hack the shit out of all the enemies and, you know... Guys who once killed you, you just go in and just one hit. Yeah, it's it's rewarding. <laughs> it's still fun, you know. I got the platinum on all three Dark Souls games and Bloodborne. I oh, still play those games. My only platinum on the Dark Souls was Dark Souls Three. The other ones, uh, I, I couldn't quite get up there. But I mean, that was the most accessible. They're all too. a grind. They're fun though. It's worth it. They are. They are. Bloodborne's Do you have the same? Platinum. Oh my god, I can't wait to see what else they come out with. Oh man, I mean, Elden Ring cannot come soon enough. I know, I keep talking yeah. to the wife about January, that. January, get it. out of here. <laughs> it's a few months until then, unfortunately. I know. What are you yeah. most excited about for it? I don't know, I just exploring another world. I love exploring mm -hmm. the soul's worlds, you know? I love the like sense of discovery and the, the architecture and never fails to completely blow my mind, you know? I love just like looking itself. at like the huge buildings and just being like, who the fuck builds this? Yeah. And the way that the worlds like interconnect and how detailed they are, it's incredible. Oh, it blows my mind. Especially in Dark Souls 1, you know, I love the mm -hmm. connection. How I love coming up. The first time I come went through that game and I'd pop out a gate and be like, what the fuck? I'm right here? No, oh, that's nuts. Yeah. And, and then you picture like, you try to like picture... I, I wish, and there probably is a way, I mean, I, I don't know, or on, like, computer with hacks or whatever, but I wish that you could go into just, like, a camera, like, bird's eye view and just, like, float around and, like, mm -hmm. see, like, oh, shit, yeah, there's where Blighttown is, and like, oh, there's the elevator that leads up to the Zonger Chaos, or, or, you know, or, like, it would yeah. be so cool to, like, see it, you know, laid out. Yeah. And what kind I mean, of builds do you normally go for? The big sword, man. I gotta have yep. the big sword and the cool looking armor. That's I, I always make too. a heavy knight and a mage. Nice. On both both games, and then I'll have, I'll have one of each type of character. Or, you know, I can whip one out or the other out if I'm playing with mm -hmm. friends. Do you have the same kind of feeling towards Sekiro? <sighs> I do. Uh, I got to the end <laughs> of the game and I put it down. One of those. 
I was like, Genichiro again. I just can't <laughs> do it. And I know there's a guy after him. I actually picked it up again recently and made it back to spoiler alert. Well, anyway, one of the fights and was like, it was a lot harder than I remembered being the first time. I was like, God, yeah. this game is pissing me off. And I think I started playing something else. So no, I have not beat Sekiro. <laughs> yeah. It's Look, you've done a lot hard. better than me. It is. It's ridiculous. I can't get, I think I've got maybe 7% of the trophies. So I let, mm. I put it down for a little while and I recently uh, picked it back up and I cruised to exactly the same spot. And now I'm kind of stuck again. But anyways, we can. Oh my God, dude. Some of those fights. Good Lord. Nightmares about that ape. Fuck that ape. That timing. I, it's ridiculous. It is, but it's super rewarding when you get it. You know, you're like, exactly. oh yeah, that's, ooh, that's, that was, that was cool. Yeah, that's when you, like, get you can't you can't like get your head out of it for a second, or else you're fucked. No, yeah, if you don't pay attention, you're lady done. butterfly. You know, like every little thing she does, you got to be like on it. Yeah, Ugh. and it's predictable if you watch, but sometimes I get distracted or I miss like a button or something, and Seriously. I just it goes downhill from there. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. One little thing fucks you. Yeah, the game's awesome though. It's still a great game, and I will. Oh, beat absolutely. It one day. I, I have a friend too. who platinum sure. it. I'm like, oh my god, dude, you're 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 a god. Yeah, we, we can't talk until at least I beat the game. <laughs> <laughs> I know, exactly. That's funny. Man, okay, so Storm Ruler, is um, is the name inspired by the sword in Demon Souls? Um, I think, I know there is a Storm Ruler in Demon Souls, but I didn't really pay attention to it. I did, I did, I have beaten Demon Souls on PS3 yeah. uh, back in the fucking day. Actually, before I beat Dark Souls 1, I, but... Mm-hmm. After I gave up on trying to beat Dark Souls 1 once, and then I went and beat Bloodborne, and then I went back to Demon Souls. Anyway, uh, I did not notice the Storm Ruler like, in Demon Souls, really, but yeah. obviously the Dark Souls 3 one is like a fundamental point of the game, you know? Yeah. And that one carried a little more weight as far as like influence on us, but yes, there is one in Demons as well, So, which I do have in my on my dude. Yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, it, I mean, I guess both of them, if you will. But yeah, it's it is it is pretty much from that. Yeah, but it's also That's kind awesome. of a cool yeah. noun verber name, you know, thing doer. <laughs> thing doer. You know, there's a lot of fan name <laughs> and yeah, noun verber name. Current trends That's awesome. of thing. I haven't heard that before. Yeah. I um <laughs> actually I came across Storm Ruler because I was surfing through Metal Injection on their. Uh, weekly release Fridays basically and it said Storm Ruler and instantly I had to look you guys up just because of the name itself and I was we were hoping a few Souls people would catch on yeah yeah it was awesome and then the music is great too so um, one thing I really like about your album uh, is the fact that you put your songs in between like musical interludes yeah cool yeah that was a really fun thing to do I made those sitting right here on my I, uh, MIDI can, I got like a MIDI controller right here, mm-hmm. software, and yeah, yeah, it was fun. It was a cool idea that we had kind of early, you know, well, let's have an interlude, let's have interludes between each song, and uh, we always kind of intended to do that, so yeah, it was fun, really fun. Cool putting those together, and it's always cool to listen to them. It's cool mm-hmm. live, you know, to use them, samples live in between songs too, kind of mm-hmm. builds tension for your next song. Cool. In a way, that in itself is very Dark Soulsy. I got the it feeling is. of like when I was listening to the songs, it felt like probably like a boss fight or a chaotic. It's level. like the reverse of Dark Souls. Yeah, it's like exactly. in between the boss fights, yeah. you hear the music, but then the song is the boss fight. <laughs> yeah, 
Oh, it was cool. I, I didn't make that connection until recently, but it was pretty good. I don't know. Definitely going to have to go back and listen a few more times for sure. Yeah, trying um, to invoke the spirit of like the next song with each mm-hmm. of that's cool. Yeah. So in Storm Ruler, what's your writing process like? Because it's just you two, um, do you guys come up with like guitar tracks first or drum tracks? Or do you come up with like a, a sound? Uh, you, usually, you know, one of us will have a riff or two. Like for the first record, uh, one of, you know, one of us would have a riff or two uh, banked away on our phone, you know, because we're always singing riffs into my phone. Like my phone is full yeah. of riffs that I just come up with and sing it in there, you know. And, uh, yeah, we'll start with like two riffs or something and then just kind of build it, you know, just kind of build it. And we have, Jason and I have like a pretty similar idea of how, of what we think makes for a kick-ass black metal song. So we just try mm-hmm. to achieve that with every song, you know, try to be mindful of the dynamic flow of the song and what, where the vocals will come in and, uh, you know, how I should start, you know all the mm-hmm. things that make it uh unique you know and mm-hmm. uh yeah we just kind of work from there and doesn't take that long i mean sometimes we'll get maybe halfway through and sometimes we'll write like a song and a half you know it's like uh and then we'll just come back to let it marinate come back to it you know change a part or two maybe double a part or tweak it a little bit and then yeah before you know it you're like song kills <laughs> yeah. yeah so yeah it's, it works it works quite easily really is it easier just to work with you two uh or more band members it is it is as far as like writing and creating the stuff the less people you have to, you know the better mm-hmm. really i mean knowing you know experiencing that in my other bands you know it's like oh let's get a band photo it's like oh this well, what's a cool band photo? Oh, I hate photos like that. Oh, I love photos like that. Oh, we should do this. Mm-hmm. No, we can't do that. Yeah. Oh, we should. Oh, do you, yeah, it's like, ah. Our, Too many cheats. You know, the more people, it's like, oh, let's get a new shirt design. Oh, let's get this kind of shirt. No, let's get that kind of shirt. No, let's have it this design. No, let's have that yeah. design. Or, you know, it's uh, the fewer people, the better when it comes to making decisions just to forward the band, you know? Mm-hmm. And so we got some friends who play with us at the on a couple of live shows we've had and um so we you know we play as a four piece live but yeah jason and i pretty much just uh jason and i will get it up does a lot of the online mm-hmm. communicating you know because like i don't do i have no facebook i've never facebooked never will i never nice. instagrammed i've never liked i've never posted i've never unliked i've never uh i can't stand it man you better wear that as a badge of honor oh i do believe me everyone who knows me knows how how much i love to to be proud of it but to grayson's to poor jason you know has a lot of but he likes doing it you know so yeah it's an Uh, evil he's a lot younger than me like you know i I mean it's more like in his realm of stuff to do you know (laughs) fair enough yeah, so, so like, but yeah, it's definitely easier with the fewer people involved. Mm-hmm. And so you guys were picked up pretty fast uh, by Napalm Records. Uh, what's that like? Man, it was amazing. Or it was just like a, such an interesting, it's like what you always want to happen. I mean, I feel, I feel like that's what every band wants to happen. 
Mm-hmm. Once once you get through the firewall of actually getting a record made, you know, mm-hmm. which a lot of bands can't even get through that. A lot of bands can't even get to the point where they write enough songs for an album, you know. Once you get past the point of getting the record made, you're like, okay, let's put it out there. It's like mm-hmm. all anyone wants is for someone important to notice it and be like, we want to do something with this. You yeah, know? Exactly. And that's like exactly what happened. And we were like, wow. Because uh, in, in truth, like we didn't set out to become the newest thing. Mm-hmm. Or, or I shouldn't say, I definitely shouldn't say that because our, <laughs> our music is very much the oldest thing. But uh, yeah, like we didn't, uh, we didn't set out we just put it out there to see if anyone thought it was cool, you know, just like any yep. band really would do. And then secretly, you know, or you always like hope something will happen, you know, or yep. whatever. But we didn't like, we didn't make a whole, you know, like some bands put all this hype, you know, and like coming soon the new album, mm-hmm. or like some imagery and all this cool shit, and, you know, hype it up. Hype. No, we just like threw an album out there. We didn't have a picture. We didn't have shit. We had an album cover, a logo, uh, you know, the cursory social media pages and a band camp or whatever. That was it. No yeah. picture, nothing. And it could, we didn't try that. We weren't trying that hard. I mean, Jason and I are both in other bands, you know, that we're, that we are fo- focusing on. And mm-hmm. yeah. And then all of a sudden it was like, he was like, dude, <laughs> we just got it up from Napalm Records. And it was like three days after our stream on the black metal promotions YouTube. Yep. Uh, and we were like, well, shit. We gotta it's got to be surreal. With that. Yeah, it was. It was. Because I've been doing this for a long time, you know. And it's like, wow. This is exactly, this is it. Yeah. We got to become a band now. Mm-hmm. And so we really rushed. We had a lot of homework, a lot of things to accomplish in a short amount of time. And uh, we grinded it out, you know, things that you don't think about. No one thinks about. It's like I I always picture like Bill and Ted, you know, if Wild Stallions did get signed. They would (laughs) they'd have difficulty making an invoice. You We're like, we got to do we got to make an invoice. And like play all these like spreadsheets and fill out all this paperwork and like do weird tax forms and. You know, like all this like homework, yeah. Uh, which we of course did willingly because that's what you, that's that's what you got to do, and then that's what you do. You know. Yeah. So well, it, it seems like from the from the outside, it seems like you would just give a uh, label your music and they would pump it out. But uh, I mean, dude, the interface is probably so much deeper than that. Homework. A lot of homework. That sounds like no fun at all. But uh, worth it. it was it was though because it was like one step closer you know mm-hmm. get another thing out of the way you know and give make it more official you know yep. and then once you're once we had like our vinyl in our hand you know we were like this is tight <laughs> you know this is this, this is what's up this is what we're going this is what we're trying to do yeah so, did you guys uh, do the music video before you were signed or is this after the release no we that came after we were signed uh, as part of the hype building process, you know. Nice. Yeah, and we had to like decide what songs were singles and get like lyric videos made and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, doing the video was fun. 
That was the first like real video either of us had shot. Mm-hmm. So we worked with a guy here in town, JT, who's badass, and uh, we got some armor. Yeah, that was Just pretty cool. I saw cool. the chainmail and everything. Yeah, <laughs> well, that was like a nail biter because we weren't sure if we were going to get it in time. Uh, long story short, you know, we were like. It was a close call, but the the gear arrived like the week before. We were like, hopefully this shit fits, and it's in there. Like, yeah, yeah. I think Jason's sword arrived like day of. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> Are you guys planning on playing in full armor? Nah, man, I, that shit is heavy. To be honest, chainmail that chainmail weighs like fifteen pounds or like twenty pounds or something yeah. like that. Like wearing that all day for like five six hours. The next day, I was, like, hurting. <laughs> it's been wearing a lot of weight. It was cool. I went into, like, Subway wearing my armor. <laughs> I had to do it. Also went to the gas station. It's pretty cool. That's awesome. <laughs> do you have any feed for my horse? Exactly. I was yeah. like, stable boy! <laughs> Water for my horses. Give me a tank of your finest mead. <laughs> Somehow he brings it from the back. You're like, I didn't yeah. expect that. <laughs> Wait a minute. I was kidding. Why do you have horses and something? <laughs> Did you guys... Uh, your, your artist for the album cover, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but did Giannis you do the logos? Matos. That's right. Uh, he's incredible, first off. How did yeah. you get him on board, and was he the same guy that designed your logo? Not the same guy that did our logo. That was a different dude. Uh, Jason knew of Giannis's work from... Uh, seeing him online and uh you know he i guess he just had pay already already was a fan of his work so mm-hmm. and i i didn't really have it i i didn't really have anyone and i was like i want this guy to do it you know so i was like yeah, yeah cool whatever yeah hell yeah yeah so that that's how that came about yeah giannis has done a lot of bands are he's he's well respected in the, in the scene yeah, he's done some incredible album covers for sure. Yeah, for sure, definitely. I think he does stuff on his own too, but I can't remember off the top of my head. Probably. He should do like a Dark Souls boss or something. Yeah, that'd be sick. That would be tight. His artwork is awesome. That'd be fantastic. It would. Um, so speaking back of Dark Souls and stuff, uh, one thing I did want to ask is, have you gone through the full Malazan Book of the Fallen? No. I have only read like two-thirds of the first book, to be honest. Okay, I- that's fair. I it's confusing. I wasn't crazy about it. No. Um, I got to, like, the, par- the part where, like, there was the thieves and they were on the rooftops and, like, the one guy had, like, the little coin or the little thing that was, like, indicative that he was, like, some kind of important dude or whatever. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, and I was just kind of like, I don't know. It didn't really grab me. I'm reading Stormlight Archive right now. Yeah, fantastic too. series. Just started book two. Oh, yeah. you just start. Oh, you haven't read past it. No, no. Oh, you're in for a treat. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I will admit, book one took a while to get going. I was like, Yeah, it did. Okay, Kaladins. He's in the bridge crew. The breed up on the bridge crew sucks. Okay, I get it. Yeah. Every fucking chapter was like, uh, Here's some more stuff about Kaladin, and he really wants these bridge guys to succeed. I'm like, I get it. Because something <laughs> fucking happened. It, like I got really tired of him, but then it definitely delivered at the end, you know. So yeah. that'll be now shit's actually happening. Uh, it'll be cool. It's a fun ride, man. Like there's so much stuff that I didn't expect, and uh, the character development is top notch, of course. Yeah, Brandon Sanderson, I enjoy his 
I enjoy his finishing of the wheel of time tremendously. Mm-hmm. So this is my first of his like original works. So oh, really? how's the Mistborn? Was... Is that a good one? Yeah. So it's, um, it's quite a bit less polished. I don't say less polished necessarily, but those are, uh, I guess when he was less experienced, those are some of his uh, first books and I felt they were really good. Um, I enjoyed them. They're a quick read. It's not like the 1300 page tomes that you get in stormlight archive, but it definitely, uh, the two different series have different, um, tones. Like the Mistborn series to begin with is quite, it's, typical fantasy but then the next series is about 300 or 200 years later and it's more of like a detective comedy and it's pretty cool yeah yeah Yeah, it was awesome but yeah um, yeah it's how do you decide i can see you have uh plenty of like what appears to be board games and stuff mm -hmm. how do you decide whether to play a video game read a book or play a board game or watch a movie (laughs) you know it's like oh man I, it's difficult I to know. make that choice, you know. What are you like? You know what? I think I'm gonna read a book tonight. No, it's like you know, I, I can't make the choice. It's difficult, man. It's uh, <laughs> it depends on what I really want, and I keep gravitating like you. I keep going back to Dark Souls. Uh, Brandon Sanderson's down. huge, but no, it's ridiculous. Like it's an addiction, dude. It is. It's, it's like, <laughs> it changed games. You know, you're games, a masochist. <laughs> every game, game now punished. has an element of Dark Souls in some way or yeah. another. Yeah, they saw exactly what it uh, gave back to the gaming community, I guess. Because it was just so hand-holdy and here are your training wheels for the entire game. Yeah, come on now. I played enough games, like, I don't need that bullshit. I remember no, no. Zelda 2, you know, that shit was hard. That was a hard yeah. game. Oh yeah, I couldn't finish the first one, man. <laughs> Dude, Zelda 2 is such a rager of a game, I gotta say. It's one of the hardest, but satisfying NES games. Adventure of Link. Give that one a hard play. Yeah. Yeah. I might have to go back and revisit it then. Yes, yes. <laughs> also, I've seen the new NES game recently, Journey to Silius. Or I've never Sil- heard of it. Yeah, neither had I. And I only knew of it because there's this band I love, Vomitron. They play mm-hmm. NES, like metal, NES songs in like perfection metal form. It's so good. They're my favorite of the video game bands I've heard. And they, Interesting. their third record came out like a couple months ago, and I was like, oh, Jerry Casillas, I've never heard of this game, and then the music crushed, and I was like, what the fuck? And then I went on my like NES emulator, and I was like, here it is, and I played it. Yeah. Super tight game. It's like Contra meets Metroid with a little or uh, with a lot of Mega Man vibe. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah, it's pretty good. All those old games, man, they're so cool, but like going back into them, you're like fuck these are hard how did i beat these as a i know kid? i tried to beat Mega Man uh x2 probably like a year year and a half ago and mm. i couldn't i was like not uh, not this time I go I back to dark souls <laughs> yeah i know because <laughs> because your fingers are smaller you can move around the controller faster. it could be know. it could be i had more like more it was it was all there was so i didn't have yeah. any other distractions like oh i'm gonna play this other game instead it was like it's the only game I have. I convinced my parents to buy it for yeah. me. I have to get all the way there. That's probably why. It's because we couldn't afford our own games back yeah, then. Yeah, that was all you had. So <laughs> if you can't make it past the underwater level in Turtles, then you, you're fucked. Man. Yeah. That's I got damn good get at that underwater level. Even still, <laughs> I actually played it recently, and I yeah. went all the way through it without, like... That's fucking, amazing. I had, like, 20 seconds to spare. I was like, damn, I still got it. Nice. So, uh, have you seen the new Wheel of Time trailer? Speaking of Wheel of Time, 
I have purposefully not watched the trailer. I'm trying to go in blind. It's what, October or November 9th, 19th? Which actually I'm going to be in Vegas that weekend, so I won't be able to watch it that particular weekend. But I will be watching it, yes. But no, I have not watched the trailer because I'm trying not. Does it look cool or is it going to be disappointing? Uh, I'm not sure. I think I'm just going to stay open-minded. Um, uh, that good bad. and bad. Things. It looks lame, doesn't it? No, actually, I think it looks unique. But I'm used to like medieval fantasy, so it's it because of the like the wardrobes and stuff. It's it's quite authentic to the book, apparently. Well, they do talk so, extensively about motherfuckers' wardrobes. Yeah, that, so. everything, even the the plate of food on the table. Oh my god! It has so an apple, a banana, three. I did a lot of skimming. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'd be like a whole paragraph. I'd, be, I'd read the first three sentences, and then I'd like skim and brush the bottom to the bottom. And if the bottom was like, and the tablecloth was torn in the corner, I was like, okay, I didn't miss anything. <laughs> he does go on for <laughs> hours about whatever's in the room. It's amazing. Yeah, so they, there's going to be a lot of uh, braid tugging and uh, arms crossed beneath breasts. Did you uh, did you know how Brandon Sanderson ended up finishing the Wheel of Time? like the backstory to it i don't think so yeah so uh i'll just mention it quickly but i guess uh robert jordan's wife i think her name is margaret i could also be very wrong about that she actually found an obituary that brandon sanderson wrote for robert jordan and actually reached out to him to ask if he could finish up the series and he was skeptical at first yeah because he's like i don't want to fuck anything up but i don't want somebody else to fuck it up worse so i'm gonna do it dude he crushed it he made matt coffin so much cooler I, mean, yeah. I already thought he was a good character, but Robert Jordan was like afraid to make him too cool. Yeah, Brandon and then by Sand- the end, Brandon Sanderson can't wait for. I think like it was really, really good that Brandon Sanderson got on board, um, part in part due to the justice that he served for the series, but also in part because I guess the middle few books in the series kind of died down because of Robert Jordan's health. Yeah, you know, I thought book four was fucking tight as hell, dude. Mm-hmm. And when he goes to the waste, you know, and he goes yep. to Ruidine, like, I thought that was so fucking cool. Yep. You know, I loved the whole Aiel people, and, like, I loved him going over there and learning all their kooky customs and, like, yeah. you know, not understanding why they think this and that. And I love that in any kind of, you know, fiction kooky customs and strange tribal people always a fan of that i think it's cool too because then you start to realize like they're not that strange there's a lot of reason behind it of course obviously yeah and like to learn their history was like spellbinding that was such a cool chapter i remember being like holy shit i can't put this down Mm -hmm. yeah i love that one i love that book for sure I know we're kind of going all over the place. Uh, I guess I'm kind of scatterbrained, but going back to your album, you said a lot of your stuff was um, done before COVID. Is that right? Or yeah, I'm trying to remember the I'm trying to remember the timeline. I'm kind of a stoner, so I, I forget things. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's like no, that, that's not just being a stoner. That's just life. Yeah, it is. It is. But you think. I, I, Certain people have really good memories of this kind of stuff, and I, I just don't. I, I'm bad. At, I'm bad at that. But uh, I can remember weird things like numbers, mm-hmm. or, or you know, like the important code to the gate from the place sixty years ago or twenty years ago. But like, yeah. yeah. But uh, so if I recall, it was 2019 when we started writing it, ish. Like mid twenty nineteen ish, 
and then maybe that was when we recorded it late 2019 that spent most of 2020 getting the album done you know sounding the way we wanted it was a lot of back and forth and wasn't a big rush mm-hmm. um and yeah i think we put it out in like Oh my god, I, dude! I'm sorry. I, I I don't remember exactly. Usually, when people, you, I whenever I hear bands with interviews and stuff, they're always like, "It was November of twenty of two thousand six when we went into the studio." I was like, "Fuck, I don't even remember the month." Of, That's because they had six month months. Is. The album done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, Jason remembers a lot better, but uh, yeah, and we spent most of twenty twenty getting it like sounding good and stuff. From what I or maybe most, you know, I don't know. 2019, 2020 mm-hmm. was kind of the continuum of time where it happened. So do you think then COVID kind of inadvertently, um, I guess, helped the production of the album? It did. It did help us. because It helped and it hurt. Because and Jason and I often talk about, like, how did COVID affect, did it, serve us serve us one up or did it screw mm-hmm. us because we can't like go out on tour regularly or it's difficult to do yeah or was you know for a while uh, uh and i think but i think it helped us because you know there wasn't a lot of for people to do and people were listening to a lot of music you know and i mm-hmm. i made the observation early in when covid was first like coming around and everything's were closing down and shows were stopping i made the observation that now is a good time for a lot of bands to put, put out an album i mean let's make that new album because now is the time to start writing it and recording it you know mm-hmm. and uh yeah uh i think it turned on a lot of people's ears and got people listening to more stuff than they normally would and maybe experimenting and branching out a little bit and i think bands that did make recordings during that time were wise to take advantage mm-hmm and that just happened but I think regardless of COVID or not Jason and I would have made that album like we weren't like well we're bored for COVID so we want to make an album no like we were just we were just like we should make a cool we should make a black metal album and that would have yeah. happened COVID or no yeah but I I think it helped get us into people's attentions but it slightly hindered and ha- so far has hindered our ability to go out and play yeah, we only played like six live mm-hmm. shows. So, does it feel good to get back on stage? Did yeah, it did. Good, it's fun. Yeah, yeah. Like, your- since concerts have returned, I played a handful at this point. I guess like ten mm-hmm. or so with other uh, couple of my other bands. And so, how do you balance your time between the bands? Well, they're not all terribly active. Like Legend is kind of more or less dorm has been dormant for a while. Although we recorded an album that is in the works. Uh, my guitar player Ryan from that has like a studio at his place, and he does a lot of studio work actually. Mm-hmm. And so he's working on that. And we do have a show uh, around Halloween in KC, October 29th. That's our first show in a long time. Uh, and then. Oracle, we spent a lot of time writing. We spent pretty much the whole COVID period writing new music. And as of like the middle of the summer, have started practicing again. That band is active. Cast of Stone also is like somewhat dormant because like Derek lives in San Diego and Mark lives oh. in another part of Missouri. 
Uh, and we are trying to write our new album. We do have we have a record deal with Agonia Records, so we do have to make an album. <laughs> we we yeah, but those guys are busy. I don't know if you've uh, researched Cast of Stone at all, but it's Mark Kleppel from Misery Index and mm-hmm. Derek from The Illegals. Uh, oh, cool! And uh, you know that's my band. Like we formed when we went to college at Mizzou. You know, yeah, and uh, so that we're, we're trying to make an album but it's difficult because of where everyone is so yeah that's fair mark and i get together often enough but he has like three kids you know he's a really busy guy mm-hmm. so we get think we get together when we can you know and uh hopefully i would uh, hopefully next year get that next album out or a full length album out since we only have the one ep Mm-hmm. We have an album from long ago, and then when we were starting to work on our follow up, that's when Mark joined Misery Index, and the band kind of like went on hiatus while Derek and I like did our own things. So mm-hmm. we're trying to like bring as of uh, from starting around 2016, 2017 is when we were like, let's put, let's bring it back together. And, yeah. Uh, Try and we made the EP of music that we had written and tweaked a bit, and now we have to write. We're trying to write a full length album, so we've got a handful of things, but uh, we need. There's a lot more work to be done there. Do you guys practice like remotely through like Zoom? Uh, no, no. I think that would be really difficult. <laughs> yeah, I would never do that. That's fair. <laughs> Just, but like uh, at home by yourself. <laughs> yeah, like. Uh, the, just the delay alone and trying to like keep up at like fast metal patterns, you know, it's just like, there's like a slight latency, you know, I'm, I'm sure people do it or whatever, but I, not, none of us are that technically pro technical, technically savvy or have the yeah. prowess to, uh, pull that off. So yeah, no. Well, I'd, I'd even say that it takes more effort to get together and practice as a band if you live in different States. So I'm going to give you more credit for that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, it's. We try to make it work as best we can. Do, <laughs> do all of your bands have similar writing styles, or is it? Um... No, no, it's all it's different for for all of us, for all of those groups. Like uh, Legend, uh, we've my friend Ryan and I went on a tear of writing a shit ton of music during mm-hmm. one period, and we like still play those songs we haven't written anything new in a while but we keep like perfecting and morphing those songs and since the band doesn't play that much they're still like a lot of them are still pretty fresh some of them we haven't ever played live we just like Mm -hmm. recorded them and so we're still working through this like group of like 16 songs uh and then oracle is really awesome for me because I do a lot of the writing of the music, like okay. whole songs, you know, on my MIDI with fake guitar. Sounds like mm. a doom level, you know, and uh, get the voice over and they learn it, you know, grudgingly. <laughs> uh, but, and then my, uh, I have another guitar player in Oracle who does a lot of songwriting too. And like in him, he'll write entire songs and like that's so great you know when you have mm-hmm. someone who's like hey I wrote this whole song and then what's even better is when they're like 
Yeah, maybe we can let's get it together and like oh we're and like you know what do you think about doing this or uh, you know what do you think as opposed to being like no it has to it has to always sound like this you know you can't have I mean you can if you can it's good when you can write an entire song but also be flexible about how to mess with it you know well and, you're working uh, with a whole band of musicians so you have to be flexible I'd say you do you do and uh, you know I'll write and to be honest to be honest like. Yeah, I mean, we don't really ever change too much from the songs that get written in that band. You know, like we'll we'll tweak things here and there, but we have a pretty good formula going in Oracle mm-hmm. as far as like how to make those songs and continue writing songs in that style. And I think our third album that we're writing right now is going to be our best one yet for sure. I'm really say that? excited about that one. So we're ruler, yeah. Me and Jason just bang it out, you know. Mm-hmm. He lately he's been coming up with a lot longer like uh, series of riffs and that makes it even easier because the songs come together even quicker because he's been yeah. doing a lot of jamming and um, with Cast of Stone we're you know me and Mark kind of get together and just mess around and record parts and then put them together and you know actually pretty similar to the way Jason and I do it, you know? So yep. it's like, in Cast of Stone, that's not a band that I feel that I could write a song, an entire song for, because it's very guitar. It's, there's like lots of subtleties. And the Mark is like a kind of player where like, he's very always, he's very like, he's always like looking at the bend of the string or this chord or the pinky here, or the pinky there, you know? And I, I, mm-hmm. That's like beyond me, you know? I, I'm just a drummer, you know? I, I wouldn't, I'll come up with like some grooves, but I would never try to write an entire song for that yeah. band because our because it's it's a lot more guitar player uh, unique, you know. But Oracle and power metal riffs, I feel like I can come up with like fucking pull them out of my pocket. So something like a style like that, I can write an entire song. You know? mm-hmm. How do you write? Uh a drum track. And I guess where I'm going with this is I, I don't have any experience with instruments whatsoever. So for me, there's a lot of moving parts on a drum. Like how do you write music to specific drums or cymbals, uh, the kicks, like how does that work? Well, truth be told, I mean, at this point, you know, I've more or less like plateaued as a player, you know, I'm not, I don't have the jazz. I don't have any like impressive jazz chops or, uh, you know, I mainly just play like the same like twenty beats. <laughs> I'm just like, ah, oh, which of the twenty beats? What should I do here? And then you have like your toolbox of fills and you know little subtleties and various things that you learn from other drummers over time. Yeah. And oh, maybe I could apply that like opethy feel to this riff, or maybe I mm. can do that fill that reminds me of like Mike Portnoy or whatever, which is basically like at every fucking fill I do. <laughs> so, fair enough so yeah like you, you the more once you've been playing drums and once you like understand how drums work you just like assign a beat you know you can mm. riff and you you know wherever your head starts pulsating and then if it's like if your guitar if it's a situation where your guitar player is like yeah i got this riff you can you be i always ask them like where do you hear the pulse you know and if they're like you know kind of like like that then i then i'm like okay so this you know and oh, okay. they're like no nah, like that then I, like okay it'll be a faster I'll pull one of the faster beats out you know yeah. and then, 
And then you maybe be like, oh, you know, this riff might sound cooler with a slower beat, or this riff might sound cooler with a faster beat, or, uh, you know, and you try them all out. And you got to be open as a drummer, you know? Like, if, if you have guitar players who write a lot and have and, and really do pay attention to the feeling of their songs, you want to make sure that it comes through the way that they want it to, you know? And then if yeah. you have a guitar player who's like, oh, I don't know, just do whatever, then you're like, okay, well, I'm feeling this beat. Let's, let's do that, you know? You assign one kind of right away, and then mm-hmm. maybe down the road you might tweak it, you know? Like, you know what, that beat kind of doesn't work there. Or, you know, this beat, uh, I'm going to change it. I'll change it for later in the song. I'll do a different beat or something like that. You know what I mean? So, have you ever been listening to one of your albums and been like, ah, oh, shit, I should have done something different? Certainly, yeah. Yeah? And that's something talking about with, uh, we were talking about recording earlier. Yep. Recording your own album and playing on it is a fucking nightmare, dude. Because all you do is hear every little thing that should be changed, or you're too lazy to tweak, or you should have had him do this on a solo, or, oh, this one, good, oh, I, I should have changed that fill, or I should have... Oh, I'm playing this a little too slow, or that one snare is just a little off, or you hear mm-hmm. all this shit, and it's like compounded if you're also in charge of recording it, you know, and you hear all that series of fuck ups too. And you're, yeah. it's, it's a chore, really. By the time the album's done, you're like, I never want to listen to this again. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, I think most bands can, you know, acknowledge that is kind of the way of it sometimes. Like, once you get to the point of the album's done, you're like, I have never once listened to it, <laughs> you know, ever since, like, the last time you listen to it is when you're like, okay, is everything fine now with the levels? Yes, okay. <laughs> because, obviously, you listen to it a jillion times as it's being mm-hmm. made, so, you know. So, well, then, because uh, you're looking yeah. at your work, you're picking it apart way more than anybody else would. Absolutely, absolutely. People don't hear this stuff most of the time. It's the classic trope of someone's like, hey, man, killer show. And you're like, oh, man, I played like shit. No, yeah. Well, no one could tell. You know, it's like, well, yeah. okay, some people could. You know, like, they're just not saying that. You know, like, I I tell. I can tell. You know, if I... It's if bad I, enough when you can tell. Yeah, yeah. I And I, I, if I'm at a show, like, I notice when a band, ooh, ooh, he came into the riff wrong there. Or, you know, I'll I'll hear it often you know and like if i'm i want to be i want the the me's out there to be impressed you know yeah exactly those are the people that i you know the people standing in the back of the club with their arms folded those are the people that i want to be like wow that was actually pretty cool you know interesting i've never heard that before yeah i mean it's just the way i've always looked at it you know because I'm the guy. I'm the guy at the back of the club with yeah. the arms folded. I'm not the guy standing in front, head banging, doing yeah. the, lo- the local man show. You know, no. Yeah. Of course, when you know Nightwish comes through, then I'm not standing in the back, with my arms folded. I'm rocking out. But you know, for like most, like you know, in like a in like a lower tier setting, you know, where you're just going out hoping people are. You're peddling your wares, if you will. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, people hoping people are into it. Those are the people that you need to be impressing. That's the way I always have thought. The people that can't be impressed. You know? Can you, when you're playing, do you pick those people out of a crowd? Are you able to see them from the stage? I I don't. I don't. Very rarely do I actually look out and 
may, once or twice a show, I'll like take a point to look out and be like, what's even going on out there? And a lot of times you can't really tell because you can only see the first like row of people and or you know the way the lighting is, you can only see x number or x number of feet out there or whatever. So no, yeah. but but I know they're out there. You know, I know the people are there. So I always make it a point to perform in a way that you know I feel like I would be like, oh man, that fucking kicked ass! <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah, if this was put on stage in front of me, I would be like, shit, yeah, this fuck yeah, these guys have got it going on. You know? That's awesome. It's good to see that when bands are playing music for themselves and like music that they would enjoy at a level that they would enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's when you can tell when someone's actually having fun playing, you know, like, oh, totally. they're, they're really like just in it, you know? Yeah. And you can tell when someone's not, and that's always kind of disappointing. You're like, Oh, Alexi Leo doesn't seem like he even feels like being out there, you know? Yeah. Sometimes I had, um, I think one of my favorite shows was, uh, the first time I saw Sepultura because Derek Green just had an amazing stage presence and he just, he went out there and he was having such a blast the entire time. And what about Big Max though? I mean, come huge. on now. <laughs> I actually never saw them live with him. Yeah, before. me neither. Me neither. Me neither. That would have been tight. Ever yeah, since he left the band, pretty I pretty was like, so. I can't, I can't pay attention to Sepultura without Max, Max's throat. I don't know. His vocals are just so awesome. Oh, I still love what he does. Yeah, yeah. I ha- uh, I saw him recently, Soulfly recently, pre-COVID at the uh, Full Care Assault. Cast mm-hmm. uh, of Stone played, and uh, yeah, it was cool seeing him out there. I I got for an eye. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. I have to so mention uh, for Big Max. For sure, uh, you mentioned Nightwish as one of your one of the bands you gr- you like. Uh, I do like. Who it. are some of your other favorite bands? Uh, well, I love Sabaton. Got to mm-hmm. admit, uh, Rush is probably my all time favorite band. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love some good Dream Theater. Uh, Emperor and the Gods of Black Metal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like some like I love the old like Sonata Arctica records and. Uh, they're not so great now. They're playing like really weird, like hard rock now. That's not that cool. But their first like mm. four albums, Crush, uh, Dragon Force is fun. Um, uh, you know, some like I love Rhapsody, uh, yeah. Twilight Force, uh, uh, Stradivarius is like one of my all-time faves. I've listened to that band so much. Uh, yeah, you know, but uh, I love like synthwave. I've, okay. I've been rocking a good amount of synthwave as of late because it's fun to just kind of nerd out on that. I, yeah. Admittedly, I don't really listen to that much metal anymore. I, I don't really like discover new bands anymore. I don't really like, you know, I, I, I listen to all the Europe. I listen to like European bands like pretty much only. It's funny. A lot of times mm-hmm. people are like, so American black. What American black metal bands do you guys like? I'm like, not a single one. <laughs> Or, or I'm like, ah, we are so like, ah, they're all great. Yeah. I don't really, I, I really don't listen to any though. Uh, and, you don't seem uh, to be like a, a huge black metal guy to begin with. I had my, I had my time, you know, but I was never like a corpse painter or whatever. I mean, I mm-hmm. love, I, I have a, a extensive collection of 
black metal and you know certainly have listened to tons of it and i and mm-hmm. i love it but uh it's the musical element of it that i like uh certain you know like i like bands like emperor windier uh i'm not crazy about like the more like scummy black metal you know the punk rock influenced black metal with like an emphasis on like non-musicality you know Mm. Uh, that that, i it never really has been my thing are you referring to black metal that has that like um and forgive me if i'm saying this wrong but like it's almost meant to sound like poor production quality yeah and the and it's not the production that turns me off necessarily because some bands that i love do came from that you know Mm -hmm. era of the poor production uh but it's more about it's more like you know like there's like two there's like two main branchings of black metal there's like the musical like mystical element and then there's the like scum scummy like leather you know mm-hmm. uh uh you, you know like i don't i don't know why i say leather <laughs> like, you know what i mean like the more like mean, punk yeah. rock or black metal yeah. where the guys aren't particularly good you know Fair and, enough. and they get a you know and like the vocals are just like an after you know whatever and like yeah I, I, there's a you know, I, I can't, I don't really get into that. As a drummer, you know, like, I need, like, substance of mm-hmm. drums and in the music and dynamic flow. Like, I know they're not considered, you know, uh, they aren't, you know, I, they're not a band that uh, black metalers particularly respect anymore, but I think Dimmu Borgir is fucking sick, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I love a band like that's take on black metal with the drums. You know, it's a blast of solve, and there's plenty of like imperial, you know, you know, and then like mm-hmm. once Nick Barker joined, it was just like amazing drums all the time, you know, like killer fills, and it was like Neil Peart or like Mike Portnoy on drums in like a black yeah. metal band, and I, that was that I did, you know, I'm into that. Mm-hmm. So like, give me that over. For like an entire song, and just you know, and it's like, no, I I I want the the musical element. Emperor is like the all time great when it comes to that. Immortal, you know, has killer riffage and and song writing dynamic, even like slightly sloppy here and there, but that's a part of the appeal. You know, it's like it sounds awesome and is is the shit you know windier yeah. is like such a great musical black metal band you know so i'm more into that black mm-hmm. metal approach and then i like bands that'll work like a black metal vibe in like there's a band i love kalma the finnish oh yeah They're like mellow death band or whatever yeah Dude, that band I... is so fucking sick you know i mean their riffage and and drumming and like keyboard and like everything is sick Great songs. For, I don't want to say yeah. forgetting. I keep forgetting about like I listen to them and I search for a few new bands or some. I go revisit new albums and then whenever it pops up on my playlist, I seem to just listen to the yeah. entire album. They crush so hard. I went and saw them recently. They came to the states on tour, you know, like two or three years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, I it was so it was so cool to finally see that band, you know, and like talk and talk to them and be like, oh man, you guys. 
guys are fucking oh, I've listened to so much Kalma you guys fucking rule like they don't have like a bad song right that band crushes all their albums are good do you have a favorite Kalma album or song yeah I love the uh, the Black Waltz that that record and then there's a couple of songs on there Mind Rust is one uh, Black Waltz the Black Waltz the song is killer uh, they got an album 12 Gauge that also destroys mm-hmm. For the Revolution is sick I, that band kills they're just like one of the best bands I've heard throughout my you know they have every element that I love you know they have like cool black metal riffs here and there but they're not like a yeah. black metal band but they don't understand the style you know mm-hmm. and one thing that does appeal to me with black metal is I think it's really warlike you know I think it's mm-hmm. there's lots of like battle cries in there you know and it's always struck me as being a very medieval and like warlike style you know it just fits uh, and that's how, like that was it that's where storm ruler wanted to sit as far as aesthetics you know mm-hmm. armor and swords and shit you know like night nightly warfare you know well, on your album cover, you have a gigantic uh, horse with a black plate armor knight on it. So exactly, exactly, <laughs> that's awesome. You know, like that's what we want to invoke. You know, like who would fight this guy, or what kind of armies would this guy lead, or what kind of battle would this guy would someone what kind of host would someone have to raise to face this motherfucker? You know, it actually um, it 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 like invoked terror in me. I was like, I would not want to approach that guy in a Dark yeah. Souls game. But then it instantly brought me back to that first boss in Sekiro. I can't remember his name now, Ooh. but the, the horse guy it took me forever to mm-hmm. be him. Yeah. But yeah. He and man, he it's all good. <laughs> yeah, dude, that was a cool fight too. I bet we'll see some stuff like that in uh, Elden Ring, you know, fight. There's going to be a lot of on horseback fighting. It'll I hope so. Too. I know that they've said it, but I hope it works out well. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> They've never really disappointed with their no, games. They haven't. They haven't. They get cast. Now, uh, another um, thing I'm into, I don't know how, but pinball. I fucking love pinball. <laughs> it's not metal or black metal at all, but I'll nope. have it be known that that shit is. Talk about. You were talking about how like Dark Souls is addictive. Yeah. Pinball is addictive. Supremely. Like once you start getting into this shit, oh man. I don't get it. It's to me. It looks all the same, man. I've heard a few people say the same thing. Well, there is. There is. It's like variations on a theme, you know. Okay, you've got to teach me here. I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, like like, all pinball is kind of the same, but it's different arrangement. There's a different world in there. Different mechs. The ball does different fun things. Yeah. You know, like oh, in this one, there's a little whirlpool. The ball goes, and then it comes out and shoots out of the side. And then this one is a shooting gallery, and the ball goes in there. And and it's like it's it's just super fun. It's like a drummer thing, or it's like a hand-eye coordination thing. Yeah. If anyone's like a hand-eye coordination junkie, which I guess I kind of am. I love like quick, quick moving, fun stuff like that. Kinetic, mm-hmm. frenetic, kinetic action. And uh, yeah, over the last like. In like 2019 or so, I just got addicted to pinball. Been playing it constantly, playing leagues around town and tournaments and shit. Oh man, can't get enough. They have pinball tournaments. Oh man, yeah, it's, it's yeah, yeah. There's, there's a hand, there is a scene in like every city of people that are that get into it. I had no idea. 
That's crazy. There's a guy down my street, actually, when I, uh, sometimes I'll walk to the mailbox and he has his garage open. He has, uh, has like six or seven pinballs in there. Oh, but, okay. Well, you need to become <laughs> friends with that guy. Uh, figure out what games he's got, dude. I'm telling you, there might be a couple. You're like, the themes are every once in a while so that you could be into, you know? Like, you'll be like, oh, shit, The Mandalorian? Fuck yeah. I'll play Not that. fair enough. That's like the newest game that came out a couple of months ago. But there's Godzilla that's coming out this week. There are scheduled pinball game releases? Yeah, well, there's there's a handful of companies now. Uh, I, without going into the history of pinball, there has been a crazy rise and fall uh, of companies and stuff. And um, there's, a, there's a company called Stern Pinball that makes, they have like 90% of the market, you know, like they are the biggest maker and they've been around for a while and the guys were involved in like data east and valley williams Mm -hmm. and those old companies and a lot of those guys are like still alive still doing it uh and stern puts out like three games a year okay so we got led zeppelin earlier in january and then we got mandalorian in i guess april and now godzilla is coming out like next week but they just released a trailer like a pipe a hype trailer we haven't seen the game yet but Mm -hmm. It's been designed by one of the best pinball, like a Tiger Woods made a golf course, you know, like the best pinball player uh, alive, you know, the guy who has like the most titles and this is his fourth game that he's made and he always makes really kick-ass games. I think what's cool about that is there's no like restrictions with what theme you can have. Like you said, Led Zeppelin, uh-huh. Godzilla, That's there's the thing, horror, though. there's so everything. That- that there is, there is all kind. And I, I have nerded out hmm. deeply on this. Like Led Zeppelin, for instance, is like a super expensive theme that they don't want to give it to anyone. So if you're going to pay the money to get Led Zeppelin's theme, then that's less money that can go into the game. So it's actually kind of a boring game as far as like, there's not a lot of fun toys or like, it's kind of just like some ramps and, and like, that's it. Like it's hmm. people were kind of disappointed by it, but because the license is so expensive, they couldn't do it, that you know they couldn't put a lot of fun shit in the game. Uh, Interesting. Star Wars, you know, they're a little, you know, stuff like that. You know, yeah, it's like those devices are expensive, so you have what mm-hmm. they call a bill of materials for each game. And well, okay, we well, yeah. <laughs> don't even get me started. But uh, the point is, uh, yeah. So, but I'm hoping there's a game that came out in 2019 called Black Knight: Sword of Rage. It's actually the third pinball game in the Black Knight series. Okay. 1980 was the original Black Knight, and then 1989 was Black Knight 2K. And then this newest one, Black Knight Sword of Rage, is as close to a Dark Souls pinball as I think we'll ever get. Because it is, in every way, Dark Soulsy as fuck. That's All awesome. the enemies you fight are like right out of Dark Souls. There's the Hydra, there's the Hand creatures, there's yep. the, the Flame creature, there's the fucking... Uh, you know, like, oh, there's like the lich lords, you know, he's like, yeah, yeah, like zombie priests or whatever. And like the black knight himself, like, sits, is like a toy and he's got like the spinning flail and the shield. And he looks like a black knight, you know, in black yeah. armor, you know. And, uh, yeah, there's like the, you know, skeletons and flamethrowers, which I mean, it's fucking just like, it's got, it is very Dark Soulsy. So if you ever come across that, give it a play. Will yeah. do, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe how intricate pinball can be. Uh, it confuses oh me, God. really. But Once you nerd out, it is the rabbit hole goes deep, deep, real deep. It is fun, dude. 
Like there's, cool. a, there's like a barcade or something around you, you know, take like yeah. 10 bucks sometime and go like play some pinball. Yeah. You know? We have, um, we have something kind of in an area, like our, our industrial area is called the barley belt and it's just a bunch of microbreweries. And just outside of that, I guess is some, it's like a brewcade. So they have like a microbrewery, but they also have a few pinball machines and then they also set up a few of those, um, I guess knockoff consoles where they have all the Nintendo oh, yeah, games sure. on them. Uh, so I've been there a couple times, but I've never spent a lot of time dude, with pinball. Next time you go, play like play each game like five times. You know, okay. yeah, sometimes you'll go in and be like thirty seconds, you'll be like three balls a drain. You'll be like, well, shit, that was a waste of a dollar or whatever, and mm-hmm. that's how you feel. But then the next time, the game might last five minutes, and you're like. That was fun, you know. You're That's like, fair. I started multi ball, you know, and this yeah. jackpot. You know, it's like super rewarding, you know. Like the lights go crazy and the fun shit on the screen, and like, yeah. And of course, like games from like the '60s and '70s are still operating and and playable. You know. So oh yeah, like they're old games they're even have their appeal. You know, ding ding, boop, 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 ding, boop, ding. You know, and like bells and it's like three bumpers and that's it or whatever, but. Even those can be fun, but like the newest games are out of control, you know. So I don't know how old the games are at the place near you, but next time you go there, for sure, sink some money into those things, and you might find yourself having fun. <laughs> I might just have to go to this guy's house sometime and ring on Dude, the doorbell. Feel like people who I have need games to play in your their house. Machines. That's what's up because pinball has come has evolved from an arcade thing that people put money into mm-hmm. to now motherfuckers be collecting at their house and owning games like a home use thing. So games have gotten deeper and more intricate so that this $7,000 thing you bought or more at your house doesn't get old and stale Mm -hmm. after a month. You know, it's like really hard to get to the wizard modes and like to do all the things in the game and they make them really intricate now. And it's fucking nuts. So they have like levels and stuff like you can get the game. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's that's totally new. I had no idea. Dude, it's insane. I mean, like some of the things will never be gotten to, you know, except for only like the best players in the world, you know, and like you do everything in a certain order, you know, like there's a Lord of the Rings game, you know, and there's a mm-hmm. wizard mode, Valinor. You can only get to it if you do like all this other shit in this certain order. And it's like, you know, like 10 people have like ever had it. Yeah. You know, that's it's insane. Like, yeah, but there's other games where the wizard modes are a little easier to get to, and yeah. it's actually you have a chance to get there. And you remember that one game where you're like, I was one shot away, I was one fucking shot. Uh, In goes another Playing dollar. competitively <laughs> and like tournaments and stuff, it's super fun, dude. Yeah. And, and where do you play these tournaments? Arcades and places, uh, you know that pinballers know. <laughs> you know, it's like you know, like there's places that have like just like in a here's like a restaurant or whatever. And then back here, there's like, boom, 12 pins in a room, you know, cause the guy happens to be a pinball nerd. And then they have like league night there and on Tuesdays or whatever, or normally there's not that many people, but on that one night, there's like 30 people in there playing it out. And, uh, you know, there may be tournaments at those kind of places. Like there's a place here, uh, near me that has 75 games. Holy you know, shit. it's a dude who owns like a three building, little plot he's got three buildings and each mm-hmm. one is full of pinball games that's it's amazing like 20 bucks for all day free play you know you just go in there here's 20 bucks and just go to fucking town no all the games are free that's awesome dude it's so tight you can bring your own beer i love it that's a great I'm way to create a 
a good customer base. It's like you're so laid back. It's relatively cheap. You can spend all day there and hang out. Lots of people do. It's only open on Saturdays, so it's like try to go out there like once or twice. Yeah, you know, once a month or so, depending on what's going on, and they'll have tournaments there. Yeah, I mean, I guarantee you, there's a place by you, probably or not mm-hmm. far from you. What city do you live in? I live in Calgary, Alberta. Oh, Canada, eh? Mm-hmm. Well, there's plenty of pins pins up there. There, there are there's plenty of Canadian people that are into pinball. Even oh, Australia is huge. Really? Yeah, that's crazy. Games are expensive now, though. They've gone up in price considerably. Oh, fuck, even board games, video games. Like, actually, Everything I guess video now. games are pretty pretty reasonable considering how much time is put into them. But Yeah, older games are selling for a lot. You know, people yeah, buy it's it, insane. Like, Nintendo games and whatever, you know, because they're bored at home. Well, it's collecting. I mean, uh, the bookshelf behind me that you mentioned. I see. That's cool. Well, that's all the stuff that's in the front. Everything else I pushed back to make it a little bit more... Um, ah. I guess more friendly for the podcast, so at least you have some. You gotta have to a look good at. look. Behind it. <laughs> you do. Uh, what Thank you. I appreciate it. Dark Souls. I have played the Dark Souls board game. We didn't get mm. all the way through. But is that what I'm seeing over your left shoulder? Uh, yes. This right Nemesis? above Stormlight. Is that like These a Stormlight guys? arcade board game? So this is Call to Adventure, which I have the original on this side. It's pretty much. You basically just build a character over three scenes, essentially. Okay. It's pretty easy, uh, sorry, easy, user-friendly. It's easy to get into, um, pretty quick. But then I have, like, Dark Souls and a lot of the expansions. And then this Nemesis game there and up at the top, that one's done by Awaken Realms. And it's almost like Alien the movie, um, but in board cool. game form. So you actually just, you wake up in the spaceship with one of your dead crew members, and you have to get back to Earth, except one of your teammates could be a saboteur. Uh. Yeah, kind of like reminds cool. me of uh, the the thing. Was it the thing? The board game? The thing board game? I haven't played it. Yeah, it's like it is the movie, and like someone in the group is the thing, but you're you don't want you don't want to reveal that you are the yeah. thing, but you might try to sabotage stuff as it goes along. Or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, and it's cool because cool like um, they each have individual objectives, so you can choose one, and then. Um, you may or may not be a saboteur. Like somebody else might uh, have different conditions for victory and stuff too. So they might trap you in a room with an alien and just have you killed. Uh, that's yeah. pretty cool. I didn't it's, know there was like five Dark Souls games or those um, are all expansions for the one game. They're all expansions. So most of the reason I got them is because I'm a ridiculous fanboy of Dark Souls. Uh, I haven't it's played a be. lot of these, <laughs> but um, but you haven't yeah. platinumed them all. I know. Talk I to know. me when you got the three platinums, bro. <laughs> <laughs> On all three systems. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. I don't know about that, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I think I'm going to try to go through uh, Dark Souls 2 again here, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I haven't done that in quite some time. It was good. It was good. And I mm-hmm. did dig it. It's a little different. Can't say why or how. Majula is my favorite uh, place. My favorite, like, hub world. It's gorgeous. You look yeah, at the see there. It is very nice. It's very nice. I remember getting really excited, and then uh, one of my friends saw me play, and I'm like, look, this is beautiful. And he's like, yeah, pixelated water is great. I'm like, fuck off, man. <laughs> what a douche. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I'll throw you in that pixelated water and watch your pixelated corpse drown. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to leave a message on this edge of this cliff for you. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's right. It says jump. Jesse, man, I appreciate you coming on the show. Um, yeah. Is this your first uh, episode? 
No, so this will be my fifth episode, and the first one is kind of like just a little introduction to the podcast. Okay. And so um, that'll go on October 1st, and then every week starting the Tuesdays subsequently after that. Cool. Who else yeah, have you so, interviewed? Like anyone else? Um, so my first guest was Iron Mike Savoya. Um, he's been a photographer in Seattle for about 35 years. Um, my second guest was Nick Foster from Divinity. He's a previous bassist for Divinity. Uh, my third guest was Neil Grandy from Deformatory, and then I had Amanda Kiernan from Into Eternity. Okay. Into yeah. Eternity is not a longer around, though, or? Yeah, they had their last album. I think she said it. Uh, she replaced Sirens. Stu Block or something, or? Well, so yeah, Stu Block was out of the band, and now they're reunited, so they're actually going okay. with two vocalists now, which is pretty awesome. Uh. Yeah, and I think... If I remember correctly, their last album came out in 2018, so they're working on new material. And they played the Loudest Hell Festival in Drumheller recently, so that's kind of when they reunited. Cool. Yeah, so she's pretty stoked about that, and I, I think awesome. all fans are too. Very nice. That's cool. Yeah, fucking A. Yeah, keep well, it guys, up, dude. I mean, shit. I appreciate it, and I definitely will. Um, guys, if you want to check out uh, Jesse's music, please check out your Instagram, your Facebook. You can go on YouTube and... Is there anything else there, Jesse? Uh, no, I think that I think that's all of them. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah. And Storm Storm Ruler's newest album is called Under the Burning Eclipse, and it came out r- this earlier this year, correct? Yeah, yeah. March ninth. I remember that. Or March twenty third. There's the COVID no, no. Uh, time change for you. No, no, <laughs> May twenty sixth. <laughs> Something like that. It came out in May. COVID's a time warp. March 9th was when something else happened. Okay. It it came out after COVID started and before now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. COVID's eating my brain a bit. Oh, man. It's brutal. I don't know which day is which. It's all good. Oh, it's every day. Every day is COVID day. Thank you for tuning in, and we will see you next time on Gyro Nation Metal. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. The podcast can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you would like to support this podcast, please consider checking out my Patreon. Thank you.